today, I will be the same tomorrow. It's time that you worship me with all that you have. It's time that you praise me with all that you have. It's time that you give me all that you have. Because that's what I desire for my children. Don't hold back. Begin to let it go. Worship me with all that you have. For yes, I have saved your children. I have saved your families. I have paid the price. It's time to rejoice because the I am is alive and well. Send the Spirit of the Lord. of you are blessed to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. And we welcome every one of you on live stream. We're so glad you're with us. And I just thank God to be able to bring forth the word of the Lord this morning. We're going to celebrate the communion table. And we're going to talk about Forgiveness. Hallelujah. So I want to just share with you this morning for a few moments. I called it the headquarters, Capernaum. Jesus lived his earthly life in Capernaum. And the Bible says in Matthew 413, that Jesus went and lived in Capernaum. I went to Capernaum. I was in Israel about three times now, and I went to Capernaum. And it was just a little town. There was nothing exciting. I didn't get all goosebumpy walking through Capernaum. But the most awesome thing about Capernaum was, if you look it up, it was a fishing village. How appropriate that Jesus would live in a fishing village. How many of you know God wants you to live in Capernaum? Look at your neighbors say, I'm from Capernaum. Another thing about Capernaum was that it was a place where the synagogue was right near the heart of where all the people lived. How many of you know that God wants us to live lives that are enveloped in Christianity and what we're taught? Not just be in a building. Uh-oh. See, so many folks are satisfied to go to church every week. And that's the extent of their walk with God. In fact, I've asked folks sometimes, do you know the Lord Jesus? Are you saved? Well, I go to church. That's good. But that's not why you know Jesus. Capernaum. 
That was the center of Jesus' ministry. Let's pray this morning. Because I want us to get this deep down in our hearts. Father, we love you. We pray this morning. Out of brokenness, out of hearts surrendered to you. We need to be broken, Jesus. We need to be broken before the throne of grace. It's out of our humility, God, that you change us. You make us in to what you plan and purpose for our lives. Father, as we hear the word of the Lord this morning, as we study what your scriptures say, impart to us, impart change, impart your Holy Spirit into us. Father, it don't matter who gets into what office or who's running a state or who's running a city or who's running a nation. It's all about you changing the hearts of people. That's the only answer. So come back in, Jesus. Come in to our hearts. Come into our lives. Change us. Come back into this state. Come back into our cities. Come back into our nation. We invite you to take over. Because, Lord, we've done a lousy job without you. Help. Help. Listen to those of us praying, seeking your face, turning. As we intercede for our nation and for our, the body of Christ, hear us and heal our land. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in us. And we thank you that you're going to do something through us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, give us ears to hear. Hallelujah. Capernaum. Capernaum was the millstone capital of the world at that time. You say, well, what's a millstone, Pastor Cheryl? It's two big stones that are rubbed together, and that's what crushed the grain and allowed them to make their food. Millstones are the bigger rocks that they ground everything down with. How appropriate. Capernaum, a place where you can get ground down. How many of you are already feeling this? Capernaum, the capital of where you could get ground down. How many of you know God wants you in Capernaum? He wants you where he can grind out all that junk. He can grind down 
the attitudes. Grind down motives. Grind down. In fact, Jesus said in the word, and that makes this even more understandable, Jesus said, if you don't treat my little ones right, it's going to be worse than a millstone wrapped around your neck. Because they were big rocks. They were heavy rocks. How many of you look when, when you begin to understand what the Hebrew says and what's going on in the word, it makes so much more sense. He's grinding down your life. He's grinding down your life because that's where your food comes from. How many of you are getting this this morning? Come on, get the fog out of your brain. See, they were dependent on them millstones to grind the seeds and the grain down so they could eat. How many of you are dependent upon God grinding this junk out of you because we can't do it. We can say, I'm going to change. I'm going to change the way I think, change the way I do this or that, and our hearts are to change. But something stops that. It's the devil. He don't want you to live for God. He don't want you to be ground down and humbled and, you know, come before the heavenly court. He don't want you to do none of that. Saints, we can fight all of our battles in this nation. All we want, Jesus Christ has got to get into the hearts of men. That's just the whole picture. But it's not going to come from them out there. They're not going to yell to you, let's go to Capernaum. It's going to take the church, the church. It's going to take leaders preaching the truth. The truth of what the word says, not their best take on it so you'll feel good. Truth is we need Christ in everything. How many of you have been experiencing that grinding going on in your life? Oh, maybe two or three. Come on, we got to get saved this morning. He's feeding us. When he was in Capernaum, he fed them, he taught them, he imparted to them. See? Your heart is in Capernaum when you're feeding on the word, you're talking in relationship with Jesus, and you're walking every day with him. You live in Capernaum. It was a great place to live. Here's something really good. Interesting. This is where Jesus taught the disciples the true meaning of forgiveness. Of all the places Jesus went, Capernaum was where he taught them the truth about forgiveness. If you look at Matthew chapter 18, 21 and 22, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? 
Jesus said to him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. Wow. How many of you know your multiplication tables? Because Peter must have not known his. Because he thought he was all that in a bag of chips when he said seven times. Peter thought, man, I am a spiritual giant with that answer. Seven times, Lord? Could you just see Jesus kind of giggle? Uh, Peter, how about 70 times seven? How many of you have felt that there have been times you have forgiven like 495 times? <laughs> and you heard the Lord say, not enough. Not enough. Husbands and wives, come on. If you've been married for any length of time, it's like 490, 500 times a day. Right? Don't sit there all, oh, we're still in love. It's been 35 years. You can be in love, but you got to forgive one another all the time. But here's Peter. He's thinking, man, I have arrived. And don't you think it's interesting that Jesus used 70 times 7? I thought that was interesting. I've learned when I'm studying the word, I want to know what everything means. Because why didn't he use 50 times 5? Or why didn't he use 100 times 10? Every word in the Hebrew has a number value. Isn't that cool? So you think 490, okay. No, 490 has a value, a deep-rooted value in the Hebrew. It comes from the Hebrew word tamim, T-A-M-I-M. Now, where do you hear what that means? You're like, I don't want to hear what that means. Tamim, 490, means complete, means perfect means finished. Wow. You've got to forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive till you are complete, perfect, and finished. Husbands and wives, how many of you are getting this? I said, Jesus, we've been married 35 years coming up soon. We got to be complete. Are we, are we finished yet, Lord? How many of you hear me? Complete perfect, finished. You keep forgiving and forgiving. And listen to me, you're not forgiving for their sake. You're forgiving and forgiving and forgiving until you are complete, perfect, and finished. Wow. 
Now listen to what God spoke to me. He says, when we are unforgiving, when we refuse to forgive, we're living imperfect, we're living incomplete, and we're living in lack of understanding. And guess what he said? You're living in a lack of understanding of what? The finished work of the cross. Uh-oh. Oh, man, you're not getting this. It means that you don't think when you hold unforgiveness or I hold unforgiveness, I don't think the cross did it. I don't think the cross was enough. I need more. Uh-uh. You're going to get yourself in trouble with God. <laughs> Hello. I'm like, no, Jesus. This little Catholic girl is just done enough. That's good. How many of you hear me? How many of you don't want no trouble with God? You can create enough of your junk all on your own. Right? I don't want to live imperfect. I don't want to live incomplete. I don't want to live with no understanding. And yet, listen to me, because I'm talking about the church at large. We go to church. We come, we have our little happy service, we go out, and we're still holding unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, call it whatever you want. And we think we're okay. Lord, help us. Well, God knows I'm not perfect. God wants you striving toward 490. <laughs> y'all better, we all better get on I-490 <laughs> and keep traveling. Well, God gets it. God understands I've been wounded. You better just take off of that road there and get on I-490. I should have called this word I-490. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm on I-490. I don't know about y'all. I don't want to live with a heart that is messed up. Listen, I don't care what they do out there. I don't care what the government does until people and the church has to be where it starts. We got to get on I-490. And then we got to lead others to I-490. You're not going to see a change in justice. You're not going to see the garbage in this country stop. You're not going to see lives come together and love and accept and forgive until we all get a heart change and get a directional change and get on I-490. We're going to continue to see the injustice because hearts have to change. We have to teach out of the church, not out there. They're not going to teach us. The church has to speak love. Love no matter what race. Love no matter what belief. Love no matter what. You don't got to judge nobody. You don't got to accept them into your little mindset of what you think. All you got to do is love them. 
accept them where they're at, and let God have his way. We just want to play God. 1 Kings 8.61 says, let your heart be perfect in the one translation. What's he saying? Let your heart be perfect. You can't do it except God. He says, let your heart be perfect. In other words, allow it. Because there's nothing you do. See, that's why we keep telling you, get closer to Jesus. Get a relationship with God. Get closer to God. He'll give you the spankings you need. He'll give you the switches you need. He'll do whatever he's got to do. But ain't no person out here going to tell you, think this way, believe that way, do this. It's not going to work. The change has to come from inside out. You know, I've said it before. We could take a pig Pull him out of his mud. Go give him a real nice bath and put a real pretty bow around his neck. But when you cut him loose, he's going back to the mud. Unless we cut his heart out and change his heart. Are you getting this at all this morning? Forgiveness starts with our willingness to change. I had to change the way I forgave because I lived unforgiving. Here's something good, too. Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, that translates Bethlehem, house of bread. Don't you think it's interesting that the house of bread lived in a fishing village. In other words, you can't live without your daily bread. Hello, and go fishing. Look real quick at Matthew 6, verse 11 and 12. Give us this day our daily bread. You pray it with the, our Father. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Don't you think it's interesting that first give us this day our bread and then forgiveness? You can't live without the bread of life. He's the bread of life. We can't live without it. And then expect to live a life of forgiveness. I can only forgive because of the bread of life in me, feeding me. How many of you are getting this? See, Jesus forgave. See, if Jesus wouldn't have forgiven, we wouldn't have to forgive. But he forgave, so we got to forgive. But you don't know what they did to me. It don't matter. You don't know what people have done to me, but it don't matter. I've got to forgive. I've got to forgive. And it starts with, Lord, I forgive and say it. And God works on your heart to change you. Psalm 130, verse 3. Look at this one. If you, Lord, should mark iniquity or mark our sin, O Lord, who shall stand? 
In other words, if you, Lord, if you record sins, we're all in trouble. How many of you are so glad he throws them as far as the east is from the west? And that is so awesome because when we say, I forgive, God, I forgive Susie for what she did to me. God says, okay, throw it away. And when we go, God, I can't, I can't go on because look what she did to me. He goes, you just, I don't remember what she did to you. And you're like, Lord. And he goes, you, you said forgive you and, and you forgave. So I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. Forgive. See, if God keeps score of sin, we're in big trouble. Well, if he don't keep score, then why are we? <laughs> we're going to celebrate communion this morning. Look at Luke twenty-two nineteen. He took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Look what he says here. This do in remembrance of me. We're going to take communion this morning in remembrance of the bread of life. In remembrance that it leads us back to I-490. So we get on the right road going in the right direction. How many of you have ever been going in the wrong direction? I hate getting lost, especially when I got to be somewhere. You know, I don't know about you, but this one doctor we have to go to once in a while, oh my word, you get off on the wrong exit, it's 20 minutes. And you meant well, you left on time, but now you're 20 minutes late. How many of you don't want to be late? You don't want to be without oil in them lamps when the bridegroom comes. You deplete your oil when you don't forgive. I, no, thank you. I don't want to expect anybody to borrow me some because ain't nobody going to give you nothing. We got to be ready for the bridegroom. That's what this whole season is about. All the junk we're going through, it's he's preparing us. He's getting us ready. He's teaching us how to be ready for when the bridegroom's here. Woo! How many of you are excited that you go, I'm ready? Man, my crown's in order with the veil and the tuxedos, all the bows and all the ties are in, in place. We're ready. We can't forget anything. You cannot change a person. You cannot change a person. Not yourself either. But the interesting thing is when you don't understand you can't change a person, then you're going to be messed up. Because it's like withholding food from a starving person. When you withhold unforgiveness, you are starving them from the truth. 
When you withhold unforgiveness, you are binding up yourself and you've now given that person you hold unforgiveness towards all the power to dangle you around. No thanks. No thank you. How many of you know some people can't even remember who hurt them? They don't even know why they're holding unforgiveness. That's a mess. Forgiveness is not an elective. It's not an elective. It's a requirement. You don't get to choose between Forgiveness 101 and Grace 101. Uh-uh. you got to take this class, Forgiveness 101, so that you can get into I-490. <laughs> right? Look at Colossians 3.13 as we close. Forbearing one another. And forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any. Okay, look at this. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Now I ask you, as we close, we're going to go into the communion table. But I ask you, so if that person don't apologize, you don't have to forgive? Wrong answer. Most people never apologize, <laughs> right? He says, as Jesus forgave you, you forgive. That means it's free. Forgive. Husbands and wives, forgive one another. Family, brothers and sisters, forgive. Neighbors, forgive one another. Workplaces, forgive. Forgive your boss. Forgive the person that's trying to get your job. <laughs> Train them. Train them. Put yourself out of a job and watch what God does. Forgive. Forgive. Walk in his love and you shine his light. Watch this clip real quick. I'm going to miss you when you go. I'll miss you too, Ron. But you're wrong if you think that the joy of life comes principally from human relationships. God's placed it all around us. It's in everything, in anything we can experience. People just need to change the way they look at those things. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take stock of that. No, I am. I am. But I want to tell you something. From the bits and pieces up, put together, you know from what you told me about your family, your mother and your dad. And I know you got your problems with the church too. But there's some kind of 
bigger thing we can all appreciate. And it sounds like you don't mind calling it God. But when you forgive, you love. And when you love, God's light shines on you. And the Holy Spirit said, I have that covered. I went to the scripture that Dr. Cheryl just used in Colossians. Holy Spirit said, I have that covered. And he took me to Isaiah 53. Surely he bore our griefs. And he carried our sorrows. We esteemed and stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we were healed. He took me to verse 6. And we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord was laid on him the iniquity of all. Then verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shearers is silent. And he opened not his mouth. The Holy Spirit said when a lamb is taken before to be slaughtered in the Old Testament, they didn't know they were about to be slaughtered. Jesus knew what was coming. And on our behalf, He willingly went to Calvary. On our behalf, He didn't argue with the Father. He didn't argue with anybody. He took the beatings. He took the mockery. He shed his blood. And he gave up his spirit. First Corinthians chapter 11. Paul said, I received from the Lord, which I also delivered to you. The night, the same night. The same night The same night <laughs> in which he was betrayed. He took the bread and he broke it. Symbolizing his body to be broken for us.
just take a moment. Let's clear our spirits. Is there anyone you need to forgive? Forgive them. After supper, he took a cup and he shared it. He passed it around the table with those who are sitting there about to betray him. In our behalf, he said, take, drink. This is a new covenant in my blood. As often as you do this, do in remembrance of me. We're going to place the communion down in the ward chest this morning. Could ask you to come up and take your own communion. We're also going to put a basket for our seed offering up here today. You don't have to put a seed offering in to receive communion. We're going to open the service at the end for those who need prayer. You don't have to put a seed offering in for prayer. But as you examine your hearts and you come this morning to receive. Dig deep in your spirit. Lord, who do I need to forgive? Lord, who have I wronged? Who do I need to go to and ask them to forgive me Father we thank you for your son we thank you Jesus for Calvary we thank you Holy Spirit for your presence so alive and well today as we partake in the communion this time once again we say Father forgive us Well, yes, we have come up short. Lead me to the one that I need to forgive. That I may ask for their forgiveness. And Lord, I forgive those who've come against me. When you're ready, come receive your communion this morning. If you have a seed offering, fill out the envelope, the proper envelope. Did you get the proper tax credit? Those watching by live stream, please take communion in your home today. Use whatever you need. Have a blessed week. Let the Lord guide your steps this week. Let Him direct you in what He wants you to do this week. I thank Dr. Cheryl for that service, that message this morning. But it stirred my heart. God bless you. If you need prayer, please come up after the end of service. You're dismissed after your communion.